We're getting started in week four of our series called Living Free. It's Monday, June 28th. Last week, we began our conversation about technical leadership as opposed to adaptive leadership. Yesterday in worship, we began to look at God's leader, Moses. And we're getting started this week. Suffice it to say that Moses had an amazing story. He was born at a time when Pharaoh sought to kill all the male Hebrew babies. Pharaoh wanted to keep his workforce going, but the Hebrews were growing too large in number. His plan was to limit the birth of the males that might rise up against him, but to maintain his slave population at levels that would sustain his work projects. Moses' mom, her name was Jochebed, hid him after he was born. But she can only do that for so long. In desperation, she placed him in a basket to float him to safety down the Nile. She prayed that the Lord would provide for her son. And God did so in surprising ways. The basket was discovered by a daughter of Pharaoh. The Bible later tells us her name, Bitya, meaning daughter of the Lord. It was a miraculous salvation for Moses. He was nursed by his mother, but raised in Pharaoh's court. There was no better place for Moses to be able to understand Egyptian court life and also see the plight of his own people. Now, do you say, why does this matter as we read the book of Numbers? Well, because Moses is living the anti-hero story. If you think about it, All the stories tell of the person that comes to be far from royal life and then is swept to the throne by some extraordinary event. But for Moses, it was the opposite. He was raised in the royal court and then ran from it, never to return. He sought no throne. Instead, he wound up tending sheep in the wilderness. The Lord called him, asked him to lead the people from their slavery, But Moses had no desire to do the job. Actually, he turned God down three times. He wasn't hankering for power. He was happy by himself. You see, the story of Moses turns on its head the story of the world. In the world, it's power and position. It's status that wins the day. It's the person of royal birth that may wander but returns to assume his throne. I think of the Lion King, for example. But the Moses story is not about how God works through the... is not about him, but about the God who works through the child of a slave woman to bring his people out. It's the people on a heroic journey. And yet they fail. They whine at every turn. You see, in this story, the hero is not who we expect. The hero is God. Here's Moses. I'm not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too great for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I I may not see my wretchedness. So now here is Moses complaining to the Lord that he cannot carry the people all by himself. But he never is the one who's done that. The Lord has, and the Lord will do so in this moment in time as well. You know, that's a danger of leadership. 
leaders can think they're making life happen. Moses feels the burden for doing something God never asked him to do. We can do this as well. We forget that God is the hero of all of our stories. Not the parents, the business leader, the professor, the doctor. Well, first, their skills and calling comes from the Lord. And second, they can use their craft, but they cannot guarantee the outcome. The doctor can't save every patient or guarantee that they will respond to the chosen therapy. Now, here is the epitome of the anti-hero. It's God in Christ. We're told that Jesus had nothing in his appearance that people might be drawn to him. He was born to a poor couple from the boonies. This couple had not even married. At birth, he was laid in a feeding trough used for animals. He grew up to work a common trade, one of little significance in our world. He never attended school, never wrote a book. He never traveled to see the world. You see, in the eyes of the world... He was a nobody. And he wasn't swept to a throne either. He continually laid aside power and position, and he was lifted not up on a throne, but on a cross. It seems utter foolishness for this to happen, as this was the most disgraceful thing in the world at that time. But it was God here that was working. Unlike Moses, he did carry all the people, the sins of the world, fell on him. Even this he sought no glory for himself, but only the Father of lights. You see, God's way is not like our own. And this is what Moses, as humble as he was, had to learn time and again. Moses wanted the people to listen to him. He wanted his leadership to change the day. But the day was never his. It always belonged to the Lord, and it always will. This is something we must learn as well, whether we're parents, business leaders, carpenters, or doctors. The day belongs to the Lord. Yes, we're to serve as the Lord calls us, but the outcomes, well, they rest with God. I think this may be why the psalm we have from Moses, that's Psalm 90, ends with this, these words. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Psalm 90, verse 17. Yes, only God can do that. And God did it for Moses. That's why we're still learning from his life today. And so we think of that and review his story from the boy in the basket in the river into Pharaoh's court and then the wilderness to lead the people. He was living a story written by the Lord. Can you see this also about your life? Let's pray together. Lord God, you alone are God. You know the end from the beginning. We're living in a story you've written from before time began. Enable us to trust you when we cannot see where life is going. When it takes a turn we didn't plan on. Remind us of your glory and lead us to worship you. For in your name we pray. Amen.